2: Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Hilton announced yesterday that its Homewood Suites chain of hotels is now 100% pet friendly, while Days In announced they have enough animals to worry about. <laughs>
0: Um, here's your breaking news, and it's not as big a deal as it sounds like at first blush, I don't think. We're going to have a Supreme Court battle. Justice Breyer is stepping down after 500 years on the court. court. But uh, he's a Democrat, going to be replaced by a Democrat. Those aren't that big a deal. I mean, it's not going to change the balance of power. So it's not near the same big deal as having Ruth Bader Ginsburg die uh and trump replaces her right
3: yeah and uh, for now the democrats have 50 plus one kamala harris so they'll get whoever through yeah here's a question for you it's a moral question does the right go ahead and and act like whoever is proposed is a gang rapist and a uh, a puppy kicker and a constitution burner and a a shoplifter and god knows what else just Uh, you know all's fair
0: i'd rather they didn't
3: or do we take the high road
0: uh, I, I think especially since, as we just pointed out, there's nothing to gain, you should take the high road. Yeah, I suppose so.
3: You know, I think it might be a useful exercise in pointing out to America what Tim Sandefur has pointed out to us and, and several other folks who, who know this this sort of thing, uh, you know, personally. The law schools of America are way, way, way left, almost exclusively. They're as crazy as the, you know, like the, the women's studies departments. Uh, Which is, I mean, thank God we've got a few conservatives in law who've uh, been elevated to the Supreme Court because, boy, the law schools are churning out people with twisted views.
0: Well, and for the past however many decades, there are only two law schools you're allowed to go to to be a Supreme Court justice for the most part. If you didn't go to Harvard or Yale Law, you can't be a Supreme Court justice. Weird. And it really helps if you're from New York. But anyway, uh, it's not near as big a deal as it sounds like when you first hear it, given the fact that it'll be... A uh, a left-leaning justice reported by replaced by a Democrat president. So calm down, everyone. I um, feel calm. <laughs> I felt calm, too. I'm just watching the cable news channels act like something major has happened.
3: Act like they're desperate
0: for ratings. I think this is a major thing that has happened, the changing attitude toward being idle in America. And we talked about this a lot yesterday, starting with the 60 Minutes piece a couple of weeks back about how People, the, the, great, the big quit, the great resignation is people quitting their jobs to find something that makes their heart sing or, or just deciding not to work at all. What?
3: Wait, whoa, whoa, that last one. How's that uh, go? What,
0: what happens next? It's funny. It's never been an option for me to not work at all, and I, and I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. So I just, I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. And then, so yesterday we read from a Wall Street Journal piece, there's a new uh, book out talking about particularly men of prime working age on how we have the lowest percentage of, we have a lower percentage of men of prime working age working right now than we did during the Great Depression. Way more people being idle. And the author of the book they were quoting in the Wall Street Journal saying part of the problem is how we accept idleness now and look down on menial labor or certain jobs, you know, working at a restaurant or a hotel or whatever. Nah, not cool. Being idle and living off of somebody else, that's perfectly acceptable because you're trying to find a job you like. But Boy, that's, that's troubling. I think you're right. Working a dead-end job, uh, that's not cool. So I came across this last night just kind of randomly. I I saw it on Twitter. Hey, Fox is talking about us. Somebody tweeted. I thought, talking about who? It's the anti-work thread on Reddit that has 1.7 million idlers, it says here. What is the anti-work thread on Reddit? Well, their description is it's a subreddit for those who want to end work, are curious about ending work, want to get the most out of a work-free life, What What the what? Want more information on anti-work ideas and want personal help with their own jobs, work-related struggles. A work-free life. If if I saw a talking dog, I'd be less
3: astounded than this.
0: And on the Wikipedia page that describes the anti-work Reddit thread, it said, uh, Members frequently discuss ways to slack off, cheat, sabotage, and otherwise steal from their employers in an act of defiance. And your defiance is against the idea of having a job. You don't think work should be a thing, which is really weird. I mean, it's it's almost being it's like being angry that uh, aging is a thing, or baldness is a thing, or or anything else. Gravity is a thing. Anything else that always has existed and always will. I'll read some of the posts, and I could have, I could have stayed on this and read it all night long. I was just slapping my forehead, head, my bald forehead, all night long at the amazing amazing threads that were on here. Yes, Joe. Too much acceptance of idleness. I blame, one, Billy Idol. (laughs) Number two, American
3: Idol. (laughs) And three, to a lesser extent, Eric Idol. But Eric, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem.
0: So here's uh, what looks to be like a 27-year-old chick with a rose next to her name uh, posting on the anti-work thread. Imagine if we worked less. Imagine if we walked around our communities, talked to our neighbors, spent time in nature, played. Imagine if we could read, write, fall in love, without that nagging feeling of needing to do something. Imagine if your life was your own. Okay, I'm imagining it. Now I gotta go to work.
3: (laughs) What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) Numbnut. Imagine if we weren't tethered to the ground by gravity, if we could just float around. I mean, what what are you freaking talking about?
3: (laughs) Are you going to, like, slaughter your unicorn for its meat when you're starving, baby? (laughs) That's my question to you.
0: Here's Here's another one. All you, I never used a sick day in my life, folks, are only screwing yourselves as well as the rest of us. Oh, so I'm not only making a mistake myself for not taking sick days, I'm screwing society. Listen to me. It's not noble to break your body for your employer. It's not admirable to brag about netting only 12 hours sleep in the past week. You're not hustling. You're a pawn, a peon, a worthless cog that will get tossed away. And well, I, what I, if
3: I'm neither breaking my body and I sleep plenty?
0: I mean, I just got to go to work is the thing. <laughs> or if you are breaking your body, I guess it, as I was when I stacked boxes at UPS, uh, you got to get a job where you don't have to work physically so hard. Munchie. Get some skills, sell them. Um, and I became aware that the whole hustle thing is a is a hot term there on the anti work Reddit thread. As they had a cartoon here of Hank Hill from King of the Hill, Bobby talking to a guitar player, which is weird that they chose a guitar player. The guitar player is uh, is labeled hustle culture, and Hank Hill says, "You're not making jobs better. You're just making living worse." So the whole hustle culture, trying hard thing is something to be looked down on. I feel like if somebody declared to me, I don't eat food, I eat time. (laughs) I
3: don't know what to say next. (laughs) I I don't know what you
0: mean. I don't know what to say next. (laughs) Another cartoon. My parents in their 20s. Let's have a baby. Me in my 20s. Going to sleep is cheaper than buying food. Wait, what? That's for all the people in their 20s starving to death in this nation, I guess. Going to sleep is cheaper than what? I guess they're going to bed because they're so hungry and they can't afford food. Taking a nap. Get an effing job. Is, is that
3: an anagram or a, uh, what do you call the Japanese poems? Saiku? <laughs> I didn't get that at all. Maybe I'm stupid, but I didn't get it.
0: <laughs> well, you're part of hustle culture. I guess. Um, Here's another post. Working your whole life just to enjoy a few years when you're close to death is one of the biggest scams.
3: You know what strikes me about these people is they clearly have not had jobs or they've had only their very first crappy job. Because you can have a very satisfying life, walk around the neighborhood, fall in love, get to know your neighbors, all that crap they mentioned while you work. You know how I know? Because everybody in the history of the planet has done it
0: and this working your whole life just to enjoy a few years when you're close to death is one of the biggest scams. So go ahead dude, pencil it out for me. Craft a society where uh, where that would that where that's not the way it works. Go ahead, explain explain to me how that's going to work. I don't, I don't. Well, I just, I don't, I don't,
3: the, the, it's just so dumb. <laughs> I hate to go schoolyard, but I mean, looking back on my life, the years when I was raising my children, when I was coaching sports, when I was playing sports, meeting friends, living in different parts of the country as we chased our career, the rest of it, it was incredibly interesting and fun and tiring and sometimes humiliating. And sometimes I didn't have any money. But the idea that you can't be satisfied, you can't find the things that matter in life. While you have a job, what the hell are you talking about? Does it make it a little more difficult, less convenient? Yeah, but it it makes it less likely you're going to starve to death. Yeah, of course but, nobody starves to death these days anyway.
0: But so. uh, just to take the other point of view, not everybody uh, gets to gets it the way you got. It. I mean, how many times have you heard the story? I didn't have this situation, neither of my parents. But I hear people tell the story. LeBron James, I think, tells a story of, you know, it's like single mobs, urban area. They didn't have a lot of schools. And so you work one job all day long, come home, make dinner, then get on a bus to go somewhere else to work another job at night. They probably didn't have a lot of the enjoyment stuff that you were just talking about. But yep. they did it anyway. You know why? Because you got to. You got to pay your rent. You got to provide food for your kid. You got no freaking choice. I just, I did. Do the do these people honestly not get that, or do they do they think there's some secret reserve of government money that could be providing all of our homes, but they just don't want to? Is that it? I
3: think they have bought, you know, I quoted Thomas Sowell earlier and I'll do it again. There are some ideas so idiotic only an intellectual could hold them. I think they have been convinced of some truly uh, f- fantastic notions of the way, you know, life and the economy and, and, and feeding yourself and clothing yourself go. They've been convinced that everything they want is a human right and somebody else should provide it. It seems... Crazy to a lot of us that anybody would buy that. But the uh, the evidence
0: is right in front of us. So is the big push after health care is a human right? Because that one's about to be won, I think, by the evildoers. Um, that's going to happen. Um, but is the big push after that going to be housing is a human right? Uh, I suspect so, yeah. In
3: fact, you're already hearing that. Absolutely. Oh, sure. You're hearing Absolutely. it in the big cities a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah for about the homeless crowd. But just mm-hmm. in general? Okay. I can't imagine how that's going to work. And then another one.
3: It'll collapse of its own weight. We can look at uh, socialist systems all over the world and tell you exactly how it's going to work.
0: And a particular pet peeve of mine, because I got this article uh, in front of me from a major newspaper about how uh, uh, asking the question can you live on the current minimum wage? Uh, Ignoring the fact that minimum wage is not designed for you to live on, it's designed as a starter job for a college kid or somebody with no skills or an extra job on top of your other job or retirees or whatever um, n- nobody claimed that minimum wage that you should be able to go to McDonald's with zero skills just work that job and be able to afford a car and a home and food and everything I mean that that again how are you gonna craft society like that anyway on uh, one of the posts on the anti-work reddit they go through all their expenses, but what they're getting paid at McDonald's, eight twenty five dollars an hour. I don't know where they live, where they get eight twenty five dollars an hour. Um, uh, and then they go through what it costs for them to live. Mortgage rent, $600. Again, they must live someplace cheap, cheaper than where I live. A car payment, $150. Car home insurance, 100 Health insurance, blah, 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 blah. Add it all up. And it's significantly more than what they're making at McDonald's. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, can you think of anything to do about that? Acquire some skills and sell them.
0: So I think this is a becoming more of a thing, the whole anti-work idleness thing, the uh, the valuing idleness or, or not having to work a crappy job. Nobody should have to do that. Better to stay at home. Uh, if you want to comment, text line 415-295-KFTC.
2: Armstrong and Getty. and Getty show so I
3: was uh, working for my home studio today working remotely as I do sometimes and uh, internet got knocked off the air and I was running around trying to uh, figure out whether it was working or not. Um, and, uh, one, somebody gave me a tip once, if you really want to be sure that the internet's in or out, you've got to Google something you've never Googled before. Otherwise, you know, if it's something or a page or a newspaper or something you're on, usually it'll just load the last page, right? Um, uh, the last time you're on there and you might not realize, wait a minute, I'm not getting anything. Um, so I happened to Google, (laughs) I don't know why yaks for sale. And then the Internet, I got to where I am now, and the Internet came on, and and, uh, and the page came up. And, indeed, uh, you can buy yaks pretty readily these days if you need one. So if you've dreamed of being a yak, a yak mogul, herder, uh, rancher, uh, that dream is within your fingertips. Just pursue it. On the other hand, those non-working people probably wouldn't want to do that because the yak looks high-maintenance to me. I'm looking at its fur. I imagine you got to comb it. you got to brush it, put conditioner on it. I don't know for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know a lot about yaks. Yeah. it gets all matted down. Oh, yeah. Um. So the breaking news of the day is Justice Stephen Breyer of the Supreme Court, one of the three liberals in the liberal wing, is retiring he is the oldest person on the court at age 83, appointed by Bill Clinton in 1994. He, um. He's, wow, he's been doing that a long time. Yeah, that is a long time to do Wolf. that. Um, the New York Times states is just a fact that the uh, current makeup of the Supreme Court is ideologically right wing. It's a rubber stamp for blah, 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 and it just, it just hasn't been. Nope. Um and it usually is not the way Supreme Courts work, but he he does, he hasn't said when he's going to do it, but he, he did say that he took Justice Scalia's advice to heart years ago of the idea you don't want to have somebody replace you that's going to undo all the work you've done your entire career. So he clearly is going to want to step down before the Democrats lose the Senate, possibly, yeah. in the next election so that Biden can replace him with another liberal and hopefully... Uh, in his mind, hang on to the things that he believes in.
3: So it's pretty likely, isn't it, that he will uh, hear the cases they're hearing these days, uh, do his, uh, his uh, write his decisions or whatever he's involved with, when that big uh, tranche of cases, and maybe the first time I've ever used that word, uh, yeah. um, when that tranche of cases comes out in June and they hightail it, then he's done, probably.
0: Probably, and then that's a very, fairly narrow window between June and November, During an election, of course, so politicians are going to be making a giant deal out of the Supreme Court hangs in the balance.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm president. I appoint Tim the lawyer. I don't know who uh, uh, Biden's going to appoint.
0: Biden promised a black woman when he was campaigning, so it's some black woman somewhere in America. Well, if
3: she's great at it, that's fine, but let's get the most qualified person for the highest uh, court in the land or Joey, baby.
0: Joey! Joey, baby! (laughs) If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast armstrongandgetty.com Armstrong
1: and Getty
5: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: President Biden was caught on a hot microphone yesterday referring to Fox News reporter Peter Ducey as, quote, a stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) Said Biden, I am so sorry. That was supposed to be into the main mic. And where's our uh,
0: Kid Rock song? We gotta get that more on more often. It's sweeping the nation, it's the number one song in the country. Kid Rock! Not putting up with this crap anymore, no. huh? uh He put his rhyming talents to the issues of the, we the, the day. People, and now we
1: do is serve the right to scream my f- oh boy. Oh, oh wait now, what? <laughs> It's
0: Ill. Man, f- out. So, we got the whole thing unbleaked at Armstrongandgetty.com Marla. if you want to hear it. It's a good tune.
3: Combat veterans uh, and merchant marines only. Not safe for anywhere.
0: I was jamming yesterday in my car over and over again loud, pumping my fist. Were, were you playing
3: the naughty version for your oh, boys? Yeah. Or should, yeah. do you not want to address that on the air? Well,
0: for my my oldest. He's, he's going to be 12 okay. here next month. And, uh, and I played the first half. The second half gets into a little more raunch than I wanted to expose him to. But he found. Oh, it. really? He threw his head back in laughter though at the first couple of lines. I'll tell you that. As <laughs> yes, I would do
3: if my dad was playing me that. <laughs> Questionable parenting. We'll take your calls.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 hilarious. Cited this New York Times
3: study a little earlier this morning. We kind of ran out of time, so I wanted to hit you with the basics again and go a little more into depth, but it is something. The, uh, David Leonhardt, who, who, it seems like an okay guy. He's just so wildly biased. And, you know, sometimes you can tell when people know they're biased and they're just uh, super advocating. I think he doesn't think he is. But anyway, they're talking about this big uh, poll that they commissioned. Uh, it was a good, huge sample size, too. All sorts of different people. And it's about how afraid are you of COVID, uh, about uh, attitudes about kids in COVID, schools in COVID, that sort of thing. And and they open with a really interesting twist. You would think older people would be more worried about COVID than younger people. But it's not so. Hmm. It's not so at all. In fact, in in some demographics, it's, uh, it's upside down.
0: That's been my experience, actually, through this whole thing.
3: Yeah, and... And he says the most plausible explanation for this pattern is politically ideology or political ideology. Older Americans as a group currently lean to the right while and always have, by the way, while younger generations lean to the left. Yeah, I would argue that those of us with a bit of life experience understand that there are always risks, always threats, and there are enormous costs to the very things that we have been doing as a society to prevent anybody from getting the Chinese bat fever. But moving along, so what's even crazier than the old people, young people thing is that old, young, men, women, rich, middle class, poor, white, black... That doesn't show any great difference in attitudes. But Democrat, Republican, enormous, enormous differences. For instance, as I deal with Omicron, I am going to, you got two choices. Make changes to my normal activity to prioritize safety and public health. Or continue my normal activity as much as possible. The first choice, Democrats were more than two to one with that one. I'm going to lock down whatever I need to to stay safe.
0: Well, prioritize prioritize what safety and public health. Well, I definitely have not done that.
3: Yeah, well, and uh, and Republicans are are ex- exactly a mirror image. Thirty to sixty five. The sixty five is I'm going to continue my activities as much as possible.
0: I prioritize trying to make my life livable for my uh, my family. And and stay and stay uh, solvent business wise. That's what I've prioritized.
3: Right. Yeah. If I get to throw in another comment, I would say, yeah, I'm going to maximize you know health while minimizing the other negative effects of locking down my life. Most many Democrats, he writes, feel say that they feel unsafe in their communities. They're worried about getting sick from COVID and believe the virus poses a significant risk to their children and to their parents and friends. Republicans are worried less, significantly less, about every single one of those issues. And then he ever, ever so gently, over the course of many sentences, works his way to saying, well, millions of Republicans have downplayed COVID, and and, uh, the unvaccinated are dying in numbers 10 times higher than the vaccinated. This is true, folks, and you make your own decision. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I don't want all the conservatives to die. Not that everybody's going to die. Of course, I know what the numbers are. But... Then he finally says millions of Democrats have decided that organizing their lives around COVID is core to their identity as progressives. Oh, that got nothing to do with science, by the way. Even as pandemic isolation and disruption are fueling mental health problems, drug overdoses, violent crime, rising blood pressure and growing educational inequality. And they quote that David Hogg youngster, the uh, gun activist, who says the inconvenience of having to wear a mask is more than worth it to have people not think I'm a conservative.
0: And Barry Weiss on uh, Bill Maher the other night saying that do we have that clip. Could you dig that up? How hard would that be to find that from uh, Give me? Just a
5: moment. I can get it. Uh,
0: yeah, Michael can get it real quick because that, that, that's worth hearing again. Her talking about our liberal friends. We'll get that in a second. So, a couple of
3: stats about children, which I found crazy, especially after I give you the, the first two, the third one's going to make you want to, I don't know, stick your head in the oven. Are you concerned about your children falling behind academically because of remote learning? Big, fat majorities of both parties say yeah. Democrats, 72%.
0: How would you not? Repu-
3: Republicans are up at 61%. Huge majorities of both sides. Are you concerned about your children missing out on socialization? because of remote learning, hell yeah, says 69% of Democrats, 64% of Republicans. And and I think the lower Republican numbers are because in Republican places, the kids are at school, so they don't have to worry about it, and they are getting socialized. They haven't canceled playdates. They're letting them go to the park. They're playing team sports, the rest of it. But to the extent that you can even this stuff out, everybody agrees, horrible for the kids. Here's where it gets crazy. Are you concerned about your children getting sick from COVID-19 while in person at school? 83% of Democrats are concerned. 83%, only 49% are Republicans.
0: I never worry and about s- it.
3: Some of that, although, Jack, the one aspect of it you worry about is just the logistics of it.
0: Oh, absolutely. The Yeah, they have to stay home, so now i got to get a babysitter. And how do you get a babysitter? Because you have to tell them that they have COVID and they have that that mess. But as far as the threat of the disease, no. No.
3: So I hear you talking you're saying Joseph I have no reason to stick my head in the oven yet what are you talking about here's the statistic you're going to don't do not slap your con- your progressive friends all right they're just misinformed or crazy or dumb or crazy and dumb <laughs> and misinformed but no slapping here's the statistic do you support or oppose trans- transitioning students from in-person school back to online learning At this late date, calling school off and sending the kids back to staring at a screen where nobody's learning and they're getting suicidally depressed, 65% of Democrats say, yes, let's do that.
0: See, I don't believe that. I think that's a performative answer. I think that's a this is what my crowd is supposed to say answer. I'm on the side of teachers unions. I'm not on the side of Trump. So this is the way I answer. Oh, you're kidding me. I just think almost all polling is that way now. What does my side say? That's what I'm going to say.
3: Wow. Wow. Well, uh, the only if that were all that it is, then it's just weird. Humans are weird. Uh, but I think this is driving public policy. Oh, sure. To a no large doubt. Extent.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Interestingly,
3: 29% of Republicans say, yeah, you've got to send those kids home again. And, and to you, I say, shut up. But, yeah, it's it's a mirror image of each other. It's 65 to 26 Democrats saying, send those kids home because of the threat of COVID. You remember earlier on in this thing, uh, progressives in general thought COVID was 80 times more dangerous to children than it is. 80 times.
0: So Bill Maher's show got a lot of attention on Friday night. He's a uh, progressive and has been one of the voices of progressivism for, geez, almost my entire adult life. But he and uh, one of his guests, Barry Weiss, formerly the New York Times, are kind of over the whole COVID thing.
5: No, I'm, I'm done with COVID. <laughs> oh, I'm done. It's yeah. like I, I went so hard on COVID. I, yeah,
0: I remember. sprayed
5: the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store, stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like, I did it all. I, and then we were told, you get the vaccine and you get back to normal. We haven't gotten back to normal, and it's ridiculous at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial. (laughs) This is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. The city of Flint, Michigan, which is 80%, I think, minority students, has just announced indefinite virtual schooling. In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51% increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious, they are depressed, they are lonely. That is why we need to end it more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. I think it's it's, a pandemic, it's like at this point, it's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's not. Yeah. Well, it's not real anymore.
0: So her saying her liberal friends are agree with her, but are afraid of being anti-science or on the wrong side of the the look of the whole thing is troubling. This thing is about over. This whole thing is about over. That's the way it's happened in other countries. So, and there are going to be announcements all over the place, and so we're dropping this mandate and that mandate. I, it's going to be something to watch how this unwinds among that crowd you were just talking about.
3: As you pointed out earlier during the show, uh, we are the only country on Earth that's mandating masks for little kids. Yeah, are the only uh, sane country on Earth. Uh, Europe, all those enlightened uh, you know, Scandinavian countries that the left is so fond of, they're like, no, why would you have little kids wearing masks? It's useless and unnecessary. And they're talking the about in ones. school, let alone yeah. outside at the playground.
4: how about that?
3: I can't coronavirus. I can't. And one other thought: uh, in listening to that clip of Barry Weiss, when she says it's time to stop this, essentially and get back to school, the crowd goes wild, and the and the and the Mar crowd is famously lefties. Oh yeah. So who is this hardcore cabal of uh, Trump derangement syndrome crazed? Lockdown obsessives that are driving public policy, the teachers' unions and and a few other. I don't it, it, see where is the constituency. Well, you know, you said it was performative, but maybe it is, maybe it's not. But you got sixty-five to twenty-six Democrats saying send those kids home. And they must, do they not know the suicide numbers, the depression, the anxiety numbers, the self-harm numbers, the drug overdose numbers,
0: the loss of learning. R- well, yeah. Particularly
3: among, you know, minority and and, uh, and poorer kids. I just, I don't, uh, good Lord, I don't know what to make of it.
0: So the old um, myth, I don't were there ever actual Japanese soldiers in the jungle decades later still fighting World War II? But um, mm-hmm. uh, are we going to have that with COVID? Are we going to have pockets of blue towns where people are still hunkered down in masks and sanitizing yes. their pens <laughs> years after this thing is over? Boy, years?
3: I don't know what an interesting question. I would i would suggest that a lot of your blue university towns will be months and months and months behind the rest of the yeah, world.
0: Well, since I live in one, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how, how long it takes to unwind this thing.
3: Virtually every little kid in your town masked outside at the park. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. madness.
0: Yeah. Virtually everyone, like the other day I was at the park, every single kid and adult but me and my kids. Every single one. We're going to finish strong next.
2: Armstrong and Getty
5: That commitment's on the table. Of course, to to nominate an African-American woman to the Supreme Court? Yes, absolutely. It certainly is. Yeah.
0: One of the liberal justices of the Supreme Court announced today he's going to retire. And uh, he's retiring because the Democrats can get a Democrat through, or a left-leaning judge through. They have the 50 votes. And after next November, they might not. Um, uh, So Joe Biden made this promise, I'd forgotten this. The day before, Clyburn in South Carolina changed the entire presidential race and said, I'm behind Joe Biden. So that's what he held out. Okay, you better, you better commit to a black woman on the Supreme Court if you want my help. And Clyburn's help is what got Joe Biden the nomination and the presidency.
3: Yeah, the New York Times just uh, wrote, uh, he made that promise and it
0: revived his candidacy. Revived his candidacy is an understatement. He had zero chance and ended up being president based on that decision. But here's what, I can't believe that we of all people have not mentioned this yet today. Whoa, we, We've been talking about this. This is the, this is I, I, I was looking at the cable news and saying, what are they going to say about this? It's not that big a deal. You got to, you got to. Uh, a liberal judge stepping down and Democrats going to replace him with another liberal judge. That's not that exciting. What? Are you kidding me? Can you think of a black woman you could put on the Supreme Court that would change everything? Kamala Harris? Oh, former Attorney it. General of California? <laughs> There's
3: the silence that's cut off his mic.
0: That fixes the entire. How, what are they going to do? What are the Democrats possibly going to do with a Biden-Harris ticket? How are they going to handle that? Other people have floated this idea of him putting her on the Supreme Court to open She's that back up. Half-wit.
2: No, no, no. It's not about... It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is every day.
0: Yes. It's not about getting who you get on the Supreme Court. It's about opening that slot up to fix the whole... Bill Maher's whole show was about this Friday night. Who have they got? That's why he was pushing Joe Biden and Barack Obama both leaving their spouses and getting gay married so that you have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Barack Obama as the first husband back in the White House. He said because he can't do Hillary, you can't do Kamala. Joe Biden can't run. This fixes everything. Obama. If you get Kamala Harris out of the vice presidency, wow. wow. And, then, and then I don't know how you who you point Hillary Clinton or whoever it is is going to be. But...
3: Hillary. Good lord. Oh.
0: Well, everybody he's knows, right,
3: folks. He's right. But
0: everybody knows that the Biden Harris, neither one of them are are tenable at all. Right. your host for final thoughts joe getty Hey everybody
3: let's get a final thought from the whole crew to wrap things up for the day there is our technical director michael angelo
5: michael final thought yeah i keep thinking about the idle crew the people that just want to be idle you know using the computer on twitter somebody built that computer somebody had to go to work somebody had to design the computer the idea that you can't have a job is just crazy
3: Yeah, somebody wrote the code, on and on. It's an excellent point. Young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, has a final thought.
0: Alex? You know who should join the anti-work movement? The Baseball Writers of America. The Hall of Fame is now a joke for the best players of all time are not in. I'm still angry about this. Find me on Twitter and fight me. (laughs) I I liked what you said of the Hall of Fame should be the story of baseball, and it's not the story of baseball without the greatest home run hitter and the best hitter, certainly. Absolutely. Let's throw a paragraph up there about the Roids. Who cares? Hey, Jack, a final thought for us? I hate to do another presidential politics thing, but Donald Trump was teeing up uh, his golf ball there at his golf club, and somebody said, hey, there's the 45th president of the United States, and he said 45th and 47th. Is that a little
3: superstar, <laughs> oh boy! My final thought is back to the Supreme Court. Now, presuming the Kamala thing doesn't happen, here's what could: they nominate some very bright, well thought of black woman because uh, Biden promised that, and there's kind of a quota, I guess. But going back into her uh, her early life, she says something really, really loathsome about white people. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good and stuff. And America gets uglier.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, no. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little
3: time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed a uh, chunk of the show, you can grab Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the show. Uh, You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, if there's something we ought to be talking
0: about. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Hear me plainly. I will not
3: sugarcoat this. I expected more. You
4: hey, think I'm kidding, man. It's a pathetic spectacle. You are totally doing. incorrect. What in the hell heck are we talking about? I don't know.
1: I
6: don't know. I don't know. So let's go out with a bang.
1: Show me, smart guy. You invented it.
0: You designed it. You show me how you get toilet paper to roll out of that
1: thing. Because it can't be
0: done. And I hate you. Thank you all very
1: much. Armstrong and Getty.
2: Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.